You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this podcast, Future Net Zero founder Summit Bose speaks with Ian Cameron, Head of Customer Service and Innovation at UK Power Networks. They look at the challenges and opportunities around the decarbonisation of heat and what implications it will have on our electricity infrastructure. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. My name is Sumit Bose, founder of Future Net Zero, and today I'm delighted to say I'm joined by one of our partner companies. I'm joined by uh, UK Power Networks and their head of customer services and innovation, Ian Cameron. Ian, how are you? Hey, Sumit, good to hear you. Yeah, I'm all good. How about you? Yeah, good, good, good. This is the way we see each other these days, isn't it, everyone? Just remotely. No one even yeah. bothers to say, good to e-meet you anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the positive is it's low carbon, right? It is low carbon. It is, it is. And today we're going to talk about sort of low carbon in the sense of heat. We're going to talk all about heat decarbonisation. And I think this is a topic that, you know, for our business audience, it's, it's a big one really, Ian, because mainly people would say we've been on a decarbonisation journey probably in earnest for five years, roughly for 10, 10 or a bit more. But it's really been seen as that, you know, electricity, how do you decarbonise generation, you know, using less efficiency. And heat has always been, uh, you know, I hate to use the phrase Cinderella, but people have said it's kind of a Cinderella side to the, to the energy equation. But that's got to change, isn't it? Because let's face it, it's the big challenge we face as a society, isn't it? Decarbonising heat. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's the single biggest source of, 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 of carbon, right? So, and, there, and there's been a bit of a track record, as you say, and, and it seems as if, you know, we've been on this journey for a long time now where, you know, many, many years ago, we spent a lot of focus on just as electricity networks, decarbonizing yeah. our own electricity system. Um, and then, you know, I've cast my mind back to 2011 and we were, we were connecting renewable generators, maybe three to 10 a year across the three licenses that we operate. Yeah. Um, fast forward three, four years, 2013, I remember months of 30 plus generators connecting. So there's hundreds, um, you know, to the tune of, if you go all the way down to rooftop solar, hundreds of thousands of renewable generators now connect to the network. Um, that was hugely disruptive for yeah. us as a network, but what it did, it gave us a good opportunity to learn within a fairly safe environment, right? Within our sector, learning how you, you decarbonize how you manage your business through change, etc. So that was the first set and, and, and great success there that you can now look at the electricity system. It's highly decentralized. In other words, loads more renewable generators connected within local communities, supporting the energy requirements for those local communities in a renewable way. So great, great track record. And, and that continues to, to flow. Then we you, thought, well, how- yeah, sorry to interrupt. Do you think that has has, has le- made you sort of learn some really good lessons for what's coming up with heat. A- absolutely right. And that's why I go there because it, it, it gave us a bit of a learning of what that secret source is of how you approach these big change programs as a network. Mm. You know, then we saw storage come on, right? So the, the question was, you've got all this renewable energy connecting to the network. You know, it's great when the sun's shining and the wind's blowing, but it's not there in the evening when you need it. So, you know, a lot of our stakeholders then said to us, well, how do we store this? What sort of forms of technology could we possibly use? So we then went and built a, a big battery uh, called, you know, it's called uh, Smarter Networks Solutions, which is ultimately a, a six megawatt hour battery in Leighton Buzzard. And again, that was there to prove 
how you store that renewable energy and then you utilize it for those communities when when they need it and then that was the class at its time um the biggest battery in in europe it's now got the accolade of the biggest battery in bedfordshire so no longer it shows you where that technology is is, is moved to already but again another few runs on the board of understanding change and new technologies connecting to our network and then evs came along and, and i'm no doubt there'll be loads of podcasts etc talking about evs but again highly disruptive but we had the secret sauce in the bag right so we knew how to approach these programs and you know we're really well placed for the the decarbonization of transport but as you say the cinderella of the the most complex and and, and the challenge on heat is you know, it's probably fourfold in my mind the first one being the complexity. You know, it's large. It's a huge load group. Um, it's, it's quite vast in terms of variation of how that heat could transition. And in terms of the building stock that we have in the UK um, and the various sources or, or technologies that could be applied to it. It's highly disruptive. So different to what we saw in, in the other three technologies. It's disruptive in the, in the fact that it need, it's, it's quite intrusive, right? People are, you go into people's homes, you know, an EV yeah, you buy on every two years to five years, people yeah. usually change their car. Heating is, is about 15 years, you change your boiler. So you go in there, you know, it, it's, it's highly disruptive, it's quite intrusive. So again, some barriers of how you approach this challenge are understanding those problem statements early on. And the next is uncertainty. And I think you, you, you touched upon it, right? Saying, um, you know, what's the right pathway going forward for the future is it is it a total electric is it a blend is it hydrogen etc and um, so, so where do you start is probably a, a new challenge for us is we think the direction and early days in evs right we saw this was was hydrogen versus electric cars and of it's course. now clear which way uh, electric cars are going i think we're in the same position right now with heat trying to understand is it is it a hybrid is it hydrogen is it electric or is it a blend of all of those and to be fair, I think it is the latter. It's a blend of all of those. Whatever works for certain communities will be the direction of travel, the most optimal direction of travel. And I think the last fourth, the fourth thing that, that makes this a challenging sector for us um, is making sure that customers have the right incentives. It's one part getting the network ready and making the capacity available. But if they don't come, right, do you build it and they come? <laughs> or do you, do you make sure you build it in a coordinated way that at the same time customers are being incentivized to transition the network is is there at the right time to support that transition. So that's how I see it in a nutshell, a bit about you know, the, the challenges. I, yeah, absolutely. I think you've nailed it there because that is the, I think that last point is the biggest one, isn't it? Because it is chicken egg, it's whatever you want to call it, any kind of metaphor. Because as we transition, there could be people going, right, Ian, my business needs to decarbonize uh, my heat. I need more power. Okay. So... Do you have that power before they do that? Or do they have to come and ask you for it? It's a tricky one for businesses out there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely right. And, and I think some of the learning we, we learned, we, we got from uh, EV Summit was, you know, businesses are burdened with having to transition already. So they were, you know, have to buy a different vehicle, that vehicle might cost more. Um, and then, you know, I didn't pay for the fuel tanker, they always tell me in the past, you know, I didn't pay for the fuel tanker, but now you want me to pay for the connection to the network for this form of energy. So I think those are the challenges. You don't want to add additional burden onto customers wanting to connect because that will then either form a, some form of a barrier to them. So well, it's another hurdle. It becomes too complex and they either decide to just wait or they take a different route. 
So yeah, absolutely, you bang on. It's the right incentives, and also probably the the journey that that it must be simple for people to transition. It should actually be more simple than going back to a, an oil boiler. Yeah. What have you been doing around this? Because I know UK Power Networks has had a, a heat strategy released it earlier. Can you give us a brief outline of what you're looking at? Yeah, absolutely right. Um, yeah, and again, the, the way we approached our strategy is very simple. In, in the uh, learning from the previous secret source that we've had, is just get a few runs on the board. You don't have to understand the full 2050 picture. Let's understand the next two years. What are the two the, the, the key things we need to do over the next several years that we that will be the least regrets and allow us to start to move the discussion forward? Um, and the way we put that strategy out, Summit, is, is quite you know, different to what we did five, 10 years ago. It goes out in the form of a consultation, it's just open. It has questions all over it and it says, contact us or give us your opinion at any time. And the beauty of that is over that two year period, right? So what happens is we get, we'll get into our, our strategy mailboxes, various opinions from various stakeholders across our communities as they start to engage in the topic, and um, which helps us then roll back into the following two years. So we've taken a very look near term to get some points on the board, get some knowledge, understand the direction of travel, engage and embed yourselves in those communities, Go sit around those what we call proverbial campfires with people that know better and put your hands up and say, hi, I'm, I'm Ian. I'm from the Electricity Network. I'm here to understand more and to share my area of expertise. Whilst, you know, and, then, and then what we do is that those sections, we, 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 we almost sponge, absorb all those comments up to understand what we should, what we should be doing and focusing on. And that you, comes in the... Yes, go on. So that comes in the form, you know, so just sort of three key things of our strategy and we build them on pillars. All of our strategies are based upon pillars. Yeah, the first one um, is you know, inform the, 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 the debate, the policy, inform the policy debate at, through provision of data and evidence. So those uh, things like data is like get the best possible forecasts available that uh, you possibly can, you know, through things like our distribution, future energy scenarios, down to the low, you know, circa 200 home level, understand what each of those communities need from us. And thereafter, put together the right trials and projects to be able to demonstrate and provide evidence for policy. So that's pillar one. Pillar two is make sure that that journey that that customer transitions as they're trying to electrify heat is the best possible experience you can. And that's you know, through, the, through the provision of things like better information on the technology. So allowing people to understand the difference between um, you know, things like uh, air source heat pump versus a ground source heat pump, the type of energy it needs, et cetera. What energy efficiency means in that realm as well. What type of energy efficiency that they'd need to con you know, consider as part of that transition. Yeah. And then the last one is, what do we need to do to get the network ready? So the least regret options. Yeah. In a world of high uncertainty as, you know, we don't know the pathway, where do you start, right? And, and, and that, that's the one that's probably the trickiest, isn't it? Because yeah. what can you do practically? Because obviously everyone knows that to have power, the old system was great in the sense it was very simple. You know, big power station, cable, big cable, smaller cable, here we go, into my house, into my business. Yeah. Um, for you to suddenly now electrify, I don't know, just even 10% of London for heat, right? Or, you know, five, 10% of even a, a big town like a Brighton or somewhere like that. You know, you, you look at these, these things, they're massive challenges in terms of infrastructure, 
in terms of kind of you know uh, capacity so what are you doing practically to try and get your the, the network ready yeah no bang on so, so i think the first part is you've got the first thing you've got to do is is have the best possible forecast of what, what's going to happen so you know years ago we forecast at what we call an aggregate level so you go very high level yeah and you'd say this is the general angle we've now taken that forecast down to you know almost as you say the community level 200 home level where we, we look at things like what is the building stock what is the type of building here what is the thermal efficiency of that building what does the network look like around that building you know when you understand the network what investments would we need to make as opposed to you know, what technology they adopt is it air source is it ground source is it you know, some other district heating solution. What is the most likely opportunity or, or, or outcome that, that would, would happen in those communities? And then you start to build plans, right? And that's how regulated businesses are set. You have these price control periods, which you settle with your regulator and you build the best evidence leading up to that. And then you go into that period delivering that work against that, that strategy. Um, so that's the first part, best possible forecast. And probably the best way to look at this is if you just take the five segments of um, of heating, and we class them as on on gas grid, which is the you know, most most be about seventy five percent of heating today. That's you me. Thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's off gas grid, which is about five percent, and that's me. Mm -hmm. um, you've got district heating in about two percent, so it's a very, very early early days where we are. Right yeah, now. it's 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 new builds are starting to do that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got electric heating. So those already have been on things like, you know, um, storage heating and, you know, you'd have economy seven type of yeah, world. Yeah. And then you've got your larger industrial and commercial loads. So, if, you know, the, 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 the quickest way to start is you think, well, what are the low hanging fruits, right? And I'll just start off at, at the, uh, the off gas grid. And if, if we are the only vector in that area at the moment, we are, because all of them would have an electricity supply, you know, we should start to crack on with what we believe is, is things like, like make ready programs. So if you understand what various scenarios are for those communities, you understand what the housing stock is, the most likely type of technology they're going to use to heat. You can then start to build what you do a, a make ready program behind the network. And that's things that we're now starting to think about, right? To try and make sure we are offering customers the right solutions at the right time. But you can't do that alone, right? And I think that's the key here. So we will not achieve that, you know, piecemeal. There's no use us investing in networks around communities and those communities don't shift off of oil, off of coal, whatever they're using to keep themselves. There needs to be some coordinated plan with, with either local authorities and or government incentivizing local or zonal, zonal areas that you move chunks of these low-hanging fruit over in one go. And I think that's the key to start unlocking, you know, what we call a few runs on the board already. Let's get on because we're not going to solve the 2050 solution in the next no, two years. Of course not. Yes. But I mean, I, I think that's the hardest point, isn't it? That like, like you said, you, you've nailed it there. If, if this is to be done, it's got to be done in bits and bots here and there, but it depends. There's no point in you building it if no one's going to use it. So my final point is how important is this conversation that you're having with local authorities that you have with businesses, that you have with government. Because I suppose that is it. Unless you know the need, how can you, as a strategic authority, you know, looking at our, our provision of power, be able to respond? And, and we do a huge amount of engagement around, around this. Right. Imagine if we did some work just recently and, and uh, environment was the highest priority of all of our customers, above bill 
costs, believe it or not. Um, it is, it's definitely the number one on the agenda. So when we do engage, um, the thing, yep, yeah, and, and there isn't so much, there is, there are very few local authorities in our patch that haven't declared some form of climate emergency, some form of, of, of challenge. Um, they've all got strategies trying to develop plans of how they do this in a, in a, in a, in an optimal way. And, and there's variations. Some are really advanced, some are not as advanced and we play a slightly different role in each one of those scenarios where you know in certain cases we'll even take a our distribution future energy scenario say on heat pumps and we'll give them our forecast and say there we go if you haven't got one we could use this as a base a base discussion to start building our plans upon and then others will be well they may have a highly advanced plan we then understand the needs and we build those into plans to support those local authorities in in, in delivering their ambition <clears throat> and i think it's it's absolutely key we are getting so much closer to those what we call trusted intermediaries or those representatives of those communities who are helping um, customers transition step yeah. by step but i think uh, unless we've got some clear um policy or direction and incentivization to degree on the customer side for them to transition there there is a we're always going to be in this the stalemate of do you build now or do you wait um, and government have made some fantastic moves over the last, you know, two, three years. Yeah. Sort of, you know, things like the, the renewable heat incentives, you know, things like yeah. the, the clean growth strategies, more recently, the home fuel standards. Yeah, there are moves that are definitely showing a direction of travel. Um, but in the back of my mind, as a network operator, I've always got a challenge on deliverability. If we don't start at a certain point, you then become a you know you could be seen as a blocker because you actually have to build infrastructure right and the infrastructure is not built overnight so the question is when do you start at the exact right time to be able to deliver it just in time rather than delivering it way ahead of need or late those are the two uh, bad outcomes for customers so i think that's the challenge the, the the dichotomy we've got to play with is we know we need to do something you know when and where to do that is is is, is, is the, our challenge today yeah, thanks very much. But my last very quick point for businesses that are listening and they are thinking about this, you know, can they get in touch and sort of have someone from UK Power Networks come and talk to them? Like you said, you want to have those conversations. You're open to that, are you? Yeah, absolutely right. So it's part of our, our next settlement consultation. We welcome all businesses, all customers who, who have a, an opinion on this to help steer us, right? We will listen. We take all of that feedback. And we roll that into either new strategies or business plans. And uh, please look on our website. You can put a comment there. And if you want to have a discussion specifically of what you need to transition, you know, attend attend one of our heat seminars, our uh, connecting customer seminars. We've always got them going you know, several a month. Or just join in and ask the expert. So you can phone in and just come and ask the expert, and we'll we'll sit down and go through your needs and plans with you on a one-to-one -one basis. Brilliant. Well, we'll we'll promote that stuff. On, on the platform. Ian, thanks so much for joining me today. Really, real pleasure. Thanks so much. Good from hearing. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, UK Power Networks. This has been a promoted podcast. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.